the type of I like. This is the type of I like. This is the type of I like. This is the type of I like. Uh, this is the type of I like. Dime a dozen. Welcome back, welcome back, everybody, to episode eight of Dame's Dropback. Uh, coming to you on Apple, Spotify, and 104.9 The Horn. I actually messed that up, everybody. It's actually episode nine, so look at me. I'm already messing up. But uh, before I introduce my special guest, I must give a special shout-out to the Hog Farmers Organization. It's founded by great people for a great cause. Uh, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and these folks work year-round to bless children with cancer uh, with experiences to help put that heart, their hearts at ease. Uh, you know, they're the real warriors of this world, and I can't, uh, you know, you know, express my, my prayers and, and, you know, my heart to all of those who are dealing with this terrible illness. Um, so shout out to the hog farmers. And, you know, on that note, I'm your host, Damien Bartonic. And today I have two very special guests via Zoom. I respect these guys and their football minds. I followed Dre since I was in high school. I've met Jamal through the, you know, the Washington football team, Twitter, you know, they're two really solid men and I'm super glad to be joined by both, uh, both members of the trap or dive show boys. How are we doing today? Life is good. You know, things in in the words of future, I guess life is good, but you know what I'm saying? I'm doing well, man. I I can't I can't complain, boss man. It's it's been, it's been a really good day. Same here, man. I don't have much to do today. Um shit, it's, it's one of my chill days. I'm actually just chilling until tomorrow game time. I got my grass cut earlier in the week, so now Thursday is all about getting ready for this game. Yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy cuz right now Dre's like at the beach, I think or something. It's wild. He has a nice you know, <laughs> He'll, 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 he'll yeah, be back. He'll be back before vibes. 8 o'clock tomorrow. Positive vibes. <laughs> but yeah, this it, this crazy. Yeah, I, I was telling I've been on their show once before and I was telling Dre about how I legitimately started following him my freshman year of high school. Like that was the first time I ever interacted with him and so it's been really crazy just, you know, the whole time just always showing love. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dope, I watched man. you grow into a man, man. <laughs> hey, exactly. I'm not it's crazy man. how the Twitter space works, bro. Damn, uh-huh. how, how, old are you, how old are you now? Uh, I think I, I asked you this before, yeah, but I forget. I turned 23 in May. So oh, I, yeah, follow, okay. I follow Dre and like, I forgot who else was popular back then, but he's always been popular and it was with the RG3 stuff. That's when I first like ever followed him was with RG3. <laughs> a year. decade ago. Yeah. Yep. Can you believe that? It's about to be 10 right. years. Look now I that. feel old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you were only like 18 back then. You're about 28 now, so you know it's all good. It's yeah, I'm in my 30s. I'm almost 40. <laughs> I was about to say, do we got do we got tell the truth right here? <laughs> so I ain't know Dre's about to just like go that. ahead and nod and agree. So yeah, for sure, 28. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh man, but, uh, but yeah, thank y'all for joining me, especially on super late notice. You know, I really appreciate it. Uh, we have a great show Absolutely, planned. Bro. I can't wait to kind of pick y'all's brains and just enjoy shooting the breeze here. So uh, let's just kind of start immediately. Uh, before we do, uh, go ahead and let the listeners know where to find y'all. Uh, tell them about your show a little bit and uh, let's get right into it. So yeah, go ahead. Uh, so um, you can find me on social media, Twitter, uh, let Maul tell it, uh, M-U-A-L, because people sometimes don't know how to spell Maul. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> you can find me at let Maul tell it. Um, Trapper Die Podcast is streamed live on Twitch uh, on the Let Maul Tell It channel. Uh, and then, you know, YouTube is, is around. Instagram is around, too. But those are two main things, man. Everything's good. And then the Apple Podcast is Trapper Die Podcast. Everything's all, all there for me. Yeah, and as Maul said, you can find me on the Trapper Die Podcast with him and AJ. Uh, Any time of the week, Maul say, hey, we're going Monday, we're going Tuesday, Drake, I'm there. So you can catch me there. Uh, you can catch me only on social media on Twitter at DC Sports Dre. And I also have a blog, which 
I'm not going to put it all out there. I mean, the name because no, it's too put damn it out long. There. Exactly. Oh, okay. Put it out there. Uh, well, yeah. partly because no, partly I can't put it out there because I don't remember the damn website name. It's so damn long. <laughs> <laughs> I only know how to copy and paste the link right now, but I've been working on some stuff, so you can find me writing some stuff on there. And like I said, voicing my thoughts on the Trapping Down podcast. Yeah, check them both out. Um, yeah, his, his Dre's like site is like a blogspot site. So yeah, the name is super long. It's not yeah. like a simple like little little URL. Right. <laughs> yeah, not no easy thing. It's not a personal website. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that go ahead and check them out. Uh, you already know. Follow the podcast at Dame Dropback. It's already on Spotify. One hundred four point nine. The Horn. Everyone in Texas. I know y'all don't like the football team, but damn it, I'm coming with the heat. So you have no choice but to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here we go, y'all. We're gonna start. Taylor Heineke, everything's just wild right now. Washington football will land right now. I mean, all the podcasts are going nuts. Everyone is talking about Taylor Heineke, Fitzpatrick, this, that, and the third. So this may be a little bit of like a blanket topic, but I can't really ask this question any other way. You know, how are y'all feeling about Taylor Heineke being Washington's quarterback one, you know, likely for the next six to eight weeks? Well, first and foremost, I got to say with Taylor Heineke, it's one thing he brings in. It's the unknown intriguing factor about him. Even his staunches, um, anti, the people who are just so anti against the thought of him being a starter, they're intrigued to watch him play tomorrow as well because they want to know if their thoughts on him are validated or um, confirmed or people just want to see if he's really going to shock them in a sense. Um, And then there's people like me who I was enthusiastic about how he played in the Tampa Bay game. But, of course, I still wanted to upgrade the quarterback position. But I thought if you were going to bring Ryan Fitzpatrick in, that Taylor Heineke had a chance to start if it was a true competition. But as we all found out later, it wasn't a true competition. But either way, I was one of the people who thought that he could probably do what, you, what you're asking Ryan Fitzpatrick to do at his age. So, you know, and he's younger. But, again, you know, we hadn't seen much of Taylor Heineke, so people are very skeptical about that. I get that. But now we have no choice but to see him. So right now, everyone that's been talking about him, you know, whether it's against or for him, everyone will get their thoughts and opinions validated on him very soon. And I'm very excited to see it. Yeah, um, Ron did kind of drop the ball with the competition thing in the offseason. Uh, we we kind of realized uh, midway into the summer that, you know, it wasn't really a, a true competition for real. This was Ryan Fitzpatrick's job. And, you know, I mean, it is what it is for, for, for Taylor Heineke. But at this point, to, to surmise the, the, the feeling and, and thoughts of, of Taylor, um, and this is no disrespect to Fitzpatrick, but it's about time. Um, it's just plain and simple. Um, and, and, and again, no disrespect to Fitzpatrick because he did go down to injury and you don't, you know, that's not what you're asking for when you want to see Taylor Heineke play uh, and, and step in for him. But at the same time, there was so much mystique behind uh, Taylor. Even after the Carolina game, you kind of was like, all right, well, well, what more do we got for him? Because he brought us back in, in the Carolina game after we thought that, you know, after that first half, there was nothing there. Um, Taylor Heineke brought it back in the Carolina game and uh, now you're looking at the, the full game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he looked pretty well. Uh, and, and now you got eight weeks of a sample size to kind of assess where he is um, and what good can he do for Washington. Is And, and if there's something that, that has uh, future plans for him, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, I think I'm in the same boat as Dre in terms of excitement. You know, I'm, I'm intri- or I'm intrigued to see where Heineke is and if this is actually some some merit behind all of these sentiments for for Taylor. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that same kind of belief that like, hey, he can do what Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, was asked of basically. Fitzpatrick, they don't have an exact, you know, similar play styles, you know, this, that, and the third. They are a little bit different, 
you know, Heineke can kind of move out. You can move the pocket a bit with him and this, that, and the third. But, man, it's – for some reason, I just don't feel like Washington's season is, like, cooked at this point. You know, although they did lose their quarterback one, I don't I don't see the this whole deal of, like, oh, Washington's just out of it. You know, and I don't – I just – I don't – I guess the word, the right word is, you know, it just intrigued. I guess that's where I, where I stand right now is because you can't – you know, I'm not going to have these, these, you know, super high expectations. And we'll talk a little bit about Heineke more and kind of his game later. But I think you you go into these next six to eight, eight weeks intrigued, uh, a little bit excited because he always gives a spark. I don't know what it is about him, his play style. But, man, I think uh, Nick Ackridge kind of said it right. And this is my show, so I can curse. You know, I, if y'all want to, sure y'all can too. But he just does we good shit. The green light. Yeah, I mean, he just does good <laughs> shit. Like, and that's kind of the only way I can describe it is, like, how do you do this good shit? Like, he's not Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, but, like, he just does – good shit i don't know i don't know how else to say it so uh so, i'm super intrigued man but you know Danny, and i wanted to oh i was just gonna say with heineke he reminds me of one of those really short basketball players that are just damn good when they come in like i don't know if you guys remember a guy named errol boykins he was about five foot five yeah. uh-huh. and people used to wonder how does this dude do what he does against those bigger people like he shouldn't yeah. be doing what he does at his size and yeah. But I know people like that when they're that size, they have to learn every angle of the game. Like they have to overcompensate for their physical limitations. So when, you know, you see one that comes in and do what they do, you know, you can kind of just appreciate the battle they've had up to that point because you know they work like hell to get that. And they, they are yep. masters of their craft in a sense, but despite their physical limitations. So Heineke, I'm not going to say he's a master yet, but some of that stuff he does is just uncanny and you don't see the average quarterback making, but that's because he can't, he doesn't have the same, you know, skill set that they have or the same physical body that they have. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's just so weird to me because like, obviously like, you know, we, we know a lot more in football than just like, Oh, he threw a good pass. But like, sometimes it's just that simple. Like, dude, he just does some off the wall stuff and it works. I don't know how it works. The little chest pass two handed chest pass to McLaurin, like what, like, oh, my, like, what the <laughs> heck is this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just sometimes it's that simple. What were you going to say, Ma? Yeah, so I, I think because I'm glad Dre, Dre spoke on that. And I think when it comes down to Taylor, uh, now I'm going I'm to I'm give a truth, but then I'm going to also give him some 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 leniency here. Uh, I think when it comes down to Taylor, man, uh, as much as we've seen him, we've seen him for a total of seven, seven, about eight or nine quarters, um, I'd say. Seen about eight or nine quarters, and I think uh, what it really comes down to is uh, as much as we like Taylor and, and the, the prospect of him, uh, based on what we've seen so far, it is going to come down to wins. Um, yeah. And I know we're going to get into that topic uh, in, in terms of uh, a threshold for him, but uh, it's going to come down to wins, man. And, and as much as we love to see how he plays the game, and I'm not going to sit here and say uh, he – it, it all comes down on the quarterback. I'm just saying, if you aren't winning games with the quarterback who's who has this skill set, then I think that's a, a, a larger a larger red flag about the team in a sense. But also, like, what does what does it really mean? Like, you have to you have a lot more problems than just trying to figure out the quarterback position uh, for a team where we thought the defense was going to uh, put the team on his back to begin with. So. Um, that's kind of I think that's what it comes down to. Obviously, like I said, he played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's where the leniency comes in. He's played the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay as a full start, and then he comes in in a, in a a rough situation. I would say still winnable, but a, a low rough situation with the Chargers, given the context of the game. But he has eight weeks, and, and we'll see. But he needs to he needs to win. He can't just come out there and just look good, and we're not getting any W's on the win column. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. I think we'll transition now to a little bit of uh, a piece of his game that uh, I really want to touch on here because, you know, coming into this year with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I said Washington's going to start to kind of stretch the field a bit. They're going to attack that intermediate passing game and kind of really work it well with guys like Logan Thomas, McLaurin, this, that, and the third. Well, Heineke's cur- currently has an average air yards per attempt rate of like 6.9 yards. Uh, are y'all at all concerned, you know, with Washington's offense, you know, might might again, you know, they'll be allergic to pushing the ball down the field, you know, likely passing on opportunities to kind of attack that deeper in- intermediate passing game. Like, what are y'all, are y'all kind of worried that, hey, this might be that, not saying just like Alex Smith, because Alex was super limited and, you know, the ability to move and stuff, but kind of like that really, really just like short passing game, quick passing game, and, uh, you know, not really stretching the field much? Uh, I think it really depends. It depends on um, how you assess Taylor in the offense. And, and I will ask this question uh, to every, I mean, it's, it's rhetorical, but just like, what what exactly are you wanting out of your quarterback for mm-hmm. this offense? Uh, for example, Taylor Heineke spoke yesterday. What's the date? The 15th. Yeah, he spoke yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reading up on the quotes. And one of the things that he mentioned is that, you know, he would love to get the ball to uh, Terry McLaurin and, and Logan Thomas as much as possible, but he has to th- keep things within the flow of the offense when things make sense for him. And I think the common term that I use in the offseason was selective aggression, and that mm-hmm. was for Ryan Fitzpatrick. But also, I agree with both you, uh, Damian and uh, Dre, that they're similar in that sense. Like, they are selectively aggressive. They do take the shots, but also, you know, we saw what Taylor did against the Buccaneers. It wasn't always downfield. He took yep. a lot uh, uh, intermediate and short, um, and made sure to work the field as best as he could to keep the defense honest. Um, and, and and when you're talking about air yards, uh, it can be concerning. Like when you just look at the statistic itself. Um, but if the ball is moving down the field and he's actually hitting these guys, uh, on top of the fact that he's he's mobile, so you're not going to yeah. always see uh, how he gets those yards or how he moves the offense, but. I, I don't think the, the the air yards are a concern for me um, because I've I've seen the point where where we know he will push the ball down the field when he has that opportunity. Cam Sims and, and receivers like him just has to catch the ball because <laughs> because Cam Sims dropped a couple of them. Yeah, no, I, um, I actually agree with Maul. I'm not um, overly concerned about that right now, um, mm-hmm. and I think regarding uh sunday's game a lot of that had to do with the offensive line like um you had to kind of go to a quicker passing game because cosme and lucas and those guys they didn't have the best of especially cosme he got baptized his first game so (laughs) from what i saw they they well in my opinion i think scott turner had to go to more of a limited lateral passing game that's why you start to see a lot a lot more wide receiver screens being called and things because the qbs just simply didn't have enough time to step up in the pocket or wait for a play to develop downfield but hopefully that's something that's worked on right now this week as far as them getting in they're studying film and they're going to see how they're going to help sam cosby he's not going up against bosa this week but the giants still have some pretty good guys on the defensive line and you know so if Cosme's getting, you know, um, having a rough game early on. They're going to have to figure out or they have to have a plan B as far as helping him more out early in the game instead of waiting until later in the game. It's something that won't limit your game as well. But, I mean, as Maul mentioned in the Tampa Bay game, you know, he went downfield a few times. But not just the Tampa Bay game, the Carolina game that he stepped in last year. I remember the first few plays he came in, he immediately was looking downfield. And I was like, damn, this is the first QB we've had all year just looking down the field because Dwayne wouldn't do it and Alice couldn't do it. So, I think Heineke, those opportunities that they're presented, and and if he's able to do it, I think you will see the air yard passing attack rate go up. So I want to kind of ask ask another question about this, a follow-up to that, because y'all made some really, really good points. 
Well, what's your opinion on it, right quick? Well, my yeah. opinion, my opinion on it. Is, look at you. See, you're 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 you're, you're like great. You're like great. Uh, my, my opinion, you wasn't escaping it. <laughs> my, my, my opinion on this is is I mean it's kind of simple. I'm I'm not overly worried, but I am a little concerned, just a little bit. And I think who really kind of persuaded me in this uh, after kind of looking at the numbers, kind of watching that game back a little bit, was Chris Cooley mentioned like. 12 of his completions, I believe, against Tampa Bay was like just shallow cross, screen, flat. And, and that's fine. Work that for sure. All day. Take what it, you know, take what the defense gives you. Don't worry about that. But it only it gets to a certain point to where you kind of have to start pushing the ball on the field. But Dre makes a good point. You last week you didn't have that, you know, you didn't you didn't have that benefit. The line was getting cooked. We saw my guy Sam Cosme had yeah, yeah, baptism is right, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, it was a very tough game, but if the I'm kind of I'm thinking that hey if this line can play like you know just an average offensive line so we talked about all offseason with this offense in general average that's all you need is average 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 if they can do if they can give that to you I think Taylor can push that ball down the field um, as long as he just doesn't fall in love with it like we've seen with other Washington quarterbacks then I don't think it's going to be a big deal uh, but I think it is it's a concern it's something to make note of it's something to kind of watch for if you know it's all you know within the realm of you know how the game flow is and everything like that it's all situational but. Um, I definitely think, you know, it's a small concern, but nothing, you know, to kind of, you know, lose your mind about. I don't think we're watching 2020 Alex Smith, you know, <laughs> this this Sunday yeah. or this Thursday. Um, I think that the good thing is, and I'll, I'll be quick with this because I know no, you have to follow up. I think the quick thing is, with, uh, the good thing is that uh, we understand that Heineke is a, he's a quarterback's quarterback in the sense that, I mean, obviously he's not the 6'4 guy, but he understands and, and he sees the field well and he understands coverages and stuff like that and, and knows where to go with the football. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, no, it we can't tell pre-snap you know where he wants to go because we don't know what the play is but um odds are is uh wherever that defense takes him he may he may make them pay for it so it's not necessarily him forcing a pass downfield because you know we want to get this shot out the way but if 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 he has to pass under 10 yards or within uh 15 yards then it is what he has to do like and he'll wait for that opportunity that if it's whether it's one or two or maybe even three plays in a game where he's throwing it over 20 yards then you know it is what it is but i guess we'll see we'll see I wanted to follow up with this just because it's kind of it's a little bit off topic, but still kind of within this realm of everything. Uh, who do you think is going to be the more targeted player? Is it going to be J.D. McKissick or Logan Thomas, do you think, in the passing game with, with Taylor under center? I'm going to say um, with Taylor, I think Logan. Um, Logan yeah. has proven, you know, that he's, he can be a big target. He can make himself big. Mm -hmm. Like, I know a lot of concerns were um, with the fans about play designs and things because they noticed mm -hmm. one play where two guys were in the same area, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was a great play design for Logan on that touchdown pass. Like, I mean, you got him lined up against a guy much smaller than him, and Taylor put that ball exactly where it needed to be, where yep. Logan can go up and make a play, and their safety had a, didn't have a shot at, you know, defending that. So, I I think you're going to see more of that. Like, like soon as Taylor came in the game, as a matter of fact, Logan's target started to go up. Like, I mean, he mm -hmm. caught like two passes in a row in that uh, second drive. And then um, J.D. McKissick, I just don't know because, I mean, I didn't even see him on the field that much this past week. Yep. I mean, I don't know if it's a thing where it's like they're trying to get Gibson more involved in the passing game. And then also Jared Patterson, he's starting to come in and get a lot of snaps as well. So M McKissick, I kind of foresaw his top targets going down this year, but I mean, I was even a little surprised that he had what just one target all day on Sunday. Yeah. So that you may see his targets definitely go down uh, this year. And I think Logan's will go up. 
So just to be clear, was the was the for for my answer was the was the question between JD and Logan? Yeah, it was or between JD I, and Logan. Okay. Ooh, I would have to just go Logan then, because that that was gonna be yeah. my number one choice. And uh, just in my back pocket, yeah. I, I had Deami Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously though, it's, we're talking about these two. I think Logan is gonna be the the one. Um, it's always the case when it comes to quarterbacks and just understanding uh how to how to move the ball can be uh relying on your tight end uh it's it goes back to the safety blanket which is the generic answer but the truth of the matter is uh logan thomas is also pretty good and jerry knows how i feel about logan man and and i'm still i'm still reluctantly coming around on logan but but he's he's good he's a good tight end um and and you have to understand that when, when you have that type of talent at the tight end position uh whether or not he's top five or whatever that's a, that's a different argument different conversation but he's top 10 for sure and you have to understand that each and every week he has to be in your game plan he has to be number, at least one of the top three players worked into your game plan regardless of what the defense does you have to find a way to get him involved um before you start looking elsewhere um so i, I think logan's going to be the guy that gets targeted the most jd mckissick was kind of weird week one um i don't know what their intent was with jd or even some other receivers as well. Um, but, you know, we'll see. But I, I definitely think Logan Thomas is going to get the most majority of the looks. Yeah, the reason why I brought it up was just because talking about that offensive line again, if for some reason it's an issue, you know, weeks two, three, four, whatever it is, I wouldn't be surprised if JD has, you know, six, seven targets in a game or in a couple game in a nice stretch there because, man, I think Heineke will utilize JD in the passing game. I don't think he'll be worried about it. So uh, I believe – uh, wasn't uh, uh, Heineke's first touchdown in Washington? It was a JD last year, wasn't it? On the on the deep ball, was it the Carolina game? Yeah, the K- yeah. the Carolina ball. Or the yeah, Carolina, yeah, ball. Carolina game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that playoff game. JD didn't do much uh, as a receiver, if I if my memory is correct. But right. even then, I think Taylor's the kind of guy who will take what the defense gives him, even if it is that flat route or whatever it is. I think the you know JD can get some work there. So maybe I'm a JD McKissick guy, man. I'm just biased. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm a I'm a huge I'm a huge fan <laughs> yeah, of JD, JD too. So yeah, yeah, I love JD. It's it's gonna be. And I think the thing is when you're talking about um like the distance wise in terms of more receptions versus the other guy. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a disparity. Yeah. Um, you'll still see plenty of looks with JD McKissick. I guess it'll just come down to what he does, what he does with the looks that he gets. But I think Logan will probably be a larger part of the offense. Okay. Okay. I'm not mad at that at all. Let's let's move on to topic three here. You know, let's say health lands in Taylor's favor, which is going to be, that's going to be a stretch. Taylor's been hurt a lot, you know, in just about every game he's played. And I believe he's gotten hurt other than the, you know, Carolina stuff. And last week, uh, JP Finley said though that he was kind of getting off the turf a little slow after one hit last week. So, but uh, Washington has him available for the next few weeks. You know, let's say Taylor's you know healthy. Uh, we did this with Fitzpatrick. Everyone did it. So I think it's understandable you know to do this with Heineke. At what point do you bench Taylor Heineke, and how strong of a possibility is it that we see Kyle Allen within these next eight weeks? What you got, Dre? Um. Everyone so I guess you're saying. now we're talking not due to injury but just due to play right just due to play yeah just due to play well i think the leash would be pretty short um i think Mm -hmm. if you i mean i I think obviously this week he probably wouldn't have um too much danger of being benched if he plays badly but i think um his leash will be about two to three weeks as far as if it's Mm -hmm. if it's poor play in two to three weeks 
And that's only simply because they do know what they have in Kyle Allen and they do like Kyle Allen. He's one of their guys as well. So they know that, you know, it's not a situation where you have a Steven Montez behind um, Heineke. You have Kyle Allen, another guy that the coaching staff feels can do what they want, you know, the guy to do. So, like I said, I I would give them about a two to three week leash of poor play. Okay. Um, I would. So. Just to add it, because I agree in terms of the timeline, but here's what I would add to the conversation is that um, I think it'll also come down to ego. Um, These coaches, again, like Dre said, they know what they have in Kyle Allen. But we understand, even going back to last year, the first six, seven weeks of the the season, that offense looked terrible. It looked terrible. And they don't want to see that again. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to see they don't want to see anything close to that again. And for the fact that that you have Taylor Heineke and a guy who you have a lot of faith in right now, and you're hoping that this offense can get going because you have some of the skill positions set. You have Deami Brown uh, going into the season. You had Curtis Samuel. Like you had all these pieces where it's like, all right, now I can do what I want to do with this offense. Um, and, and you get this quarterback in who who has known you for four years and been in, been around your system for four years and it's not looking good, you're going to look for that scapegoat. And that scapegoat is going to be Taylor Heineke. Uh, so you're going to give him about two weeks unquestioned, good or bad. You got two weeks, but then that third game comes around and you're going to be like, all right, hold on, man. I can't go out <laughs> like this. I can't go out like this. I'm not looking too good. I got to make a change to save myself before I end up getting the ax or I start getting on the hot seat as the season goes along. And that's when that change is going to be heavily considered. Um, hopefully we don't reach that point, but I think it'll end up coming down to ego and trying to, some, some people trying to save their jobs. Yeah. And let me preface my answer with like, this isn't me rooting against him in any form. Uh, I know some, we'll talk with you. The next guy we're bringing up, trust me, Washington fans cry every time I bring him up. But um, yeah, I mean, this isn't me rooting for him to fail or anything like that, but it's, it's a, it's a legitimate question. I mean, we did this with Fitzpatrick. Every Washington podcast said, how many games do you think he's going to play? What do you think is going to happen? When will he get benched? You know, like everyone talked about it. So I think with Heineke, this is really going to be his, like legitimately his only time, you know, in his career that he's ever been like the true starter and people are legitimately game planning for him. So we're going to see. I mean, I, I think the, the possibility isn't very strong, uh, but I, I agree with y'all that the leash is not very long. So I don't think it's a strong possibility because I don't think he's going to sneak it up that bad. Uh, but one thing I will say is they won't be, they won't be hesitant to do so. I mean, they'll do it quick. They gave Dwayne what it was after that Ravens game, which was the what was four, it, the four games or three. Yeah. It was four games. Yeah. It was four games. But after that, that Cleveland game, we started hearing rumors immediately that he might get benched. And, and so, I mean, and like I said, it's it'll happen. I mean, if he doesn't play well, it'll happen. But I, I don't anticipate him anticipate him being that bad. I don't, I just so ugh. so. Let me ask you all then, uh, just to continue this part. We're talking about three weeks at least um around the time when they start considering it if things go poorly um i mean what if he's okay oh just okay nothing nothing more than okay but you're also zero and three like that's that's a legitimate concern too because you got the bills coming up uh i mean obviously the giants thursday but you got the bills coming up um and then you have the falcons but then you have the saints um so i would say like one in one in three at the very at the very least like if those if those wins aren't coming in, it's also something else that we have to consider as well. I don't I don't know if you're benching the quarterback, but if you're just okay, like they may try to contribute that to the offense again in quarterback play. I don't know, but it's it's just something to consider well, when we talk about wins and losses. To, to to that question, Jamal, I think um, if he's just okay and they aren't winning games, then that 
shows the team has bigger problems than they thought they had because Ron Rivera has been kind of preaching all offseason that, you know, allegedly with this type of defense that you can have okay play at the quarterback or average quarterback play. You don't need a great quarterback. I mean, this is just off of Ron Rivera's words here. So if yes, he's just is. okay and they're, they're still losing every game, especially in my opinion, the Giants is a very winnable game, then, yeah, this team has bigger problems than the quarterback. Yeah, that's actually a softball to the next topic, but I'm going to answer this real quick. Um, yes, no, I agree with both of you. That's a great point, Dre. Literally, Ron Rivera says yesterday, I believe on the Junkies, talked about uh, how how worse quarterbacks have won Super Bowls than Taylor Heineke. I think is what he said. Yeah. It was something <laughs> along those lines. So, so I was right. Like, yeah, so he, he definitely believes in Heineke. I know that. Uh, I agree as well, though. Like, we're going to have to see how, you know, plays out. If he's just playing fine, if he's playing okay, that's kind of what I think he's going to do is just play okay. I don't think it's going to be – uh, you know, 280 yards and, and you know, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I think it's just going to be like, okay, average quarterback play. And uh, I think they'll be fine with that. As long as he's not the reason why they're losing, as long as he's protecting the football, I think they'll be fine with it. But if we're having multi-turnover games, you know, two, three turnover games, uh, no, they, they'll they pull them quick. I, I, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. So, uh, but I want to, yeah, that's a great softball to this topic because the quarterback, I always, I don't always bring him up. Only time I bring him up is when Washington fans love media quarterbacks, and I say I'd rather have this one than the other one. So Cam Newton, obvious connection. Yes, Washington's passed up on him twice. I said after he got released uh, uh, this past offseason uh, with New England, hey, he's not coming to Washington. But now the, the, the circumstances are changed. There, there is no Ryan Fitzpatrick. Maul mentions, mentions it here. Hey, what if, you know, they're one in three and, and he's playing, you know, just okay, or maybe it's a little bit below average. So let's say that does happen, right? You know, what, at what point do you think Washington should look at this and, you know, bring in Cam Newton or even entertain the idea? Uh, well, you if, there's one, first. Yeah. if there's one thing for sure, it don't matter when Washington is interested in Cam, he'll be there because ain't mm. nobody else signing that man. And <laughs> it has nothing to do, it has right. nothing to do with skill set. Like the NFL just wants to stay away from him. Um, yeah. And it's not his fault. I, yeah, I'm just it's point blank. It's really not his fault. I mean, we can yeah. go into further details about that, but it's, it's really not his fault. It's, it's all politics to the point where all 32 teams want to stay away from him. Um, but then when you look at the skill set, you ask these questions. Is Taylor Heineke better than Cam Newton? No. Is he mm -hmm. is, is is Kyle Allen better than Cam Newton? No. Um, but at the same time, why would you bring him in immediately right now? Uh, to, I'm getting to your question, though, but why would you bring him immediately right now when you could just wait? A couple weeks see where he at it's the reason why they said they're not done with the quarterback position yet ron rivera said this but they want to see they want to evaluate some things a little bit further before they look at external uh externally for for quarterback options when it comes to cam and washington um i think uh it'll take a lot like a lot of things to go wrong before they say <laughs> um before they even think about considering cam yeah. and, and it's unfortunate in the sense that uh it because I'm I'm talking about the person itself. It's unfortunate for the for for the guy to not have any looks and and not have any any availability or opportunities to, to join another team. But um, just speaking on the reality of the situation, it's going to take a lot for Washington to even consider Cam Newton. Ron Rivera isn't thinking about him, um, and he's had those opportunities in the past, and he's still he's he's passed on them. And it's kind of crazy, but uh, it's really only Washington who has the chance of really bringing on Cam Newton. And uh, if they don't do it, nobody else will. Yeah, um, I agree with Jamal. With Cam Newton, um, 
like I said, I think a lot of people still kind of look at the guy that they knew in the past when they talk up Cam Newton. So that's that's the always the fallback, and especially the Carolina connection. But as Jamal said, Ron had two opportunities to sign Cam, and he didn't. And technically, it's been three now, and he still yeah. hasn't done it. And, um, you know, and I don't think that even, you know, now for one, to answer the question, if Cam is being entertaining or if there is a chance he's going to come here, it's going to be due to injury. It's not going to be due, due to poor play or anything. I think they'll just roll with the next guy they have here. But if you're just decimated at the position, like when Taylor gets hurt and Kyle Allen is your only healthy quarterback, then you're going to probably have to bring in a Cam Newton. But the problem is Cam had issues with the New England playbook. But people think that, you know, just because the same coaching staff is here, that Cam already knows the playbook. But that's not entirely true because – Mm-hmm. Scott Turner didn't become the offensive coordinator for Carolina until like the last four games of that last year yep. were in Ron Rivera's era. And Cam wasn't even playing at that point. So I don't and, and I don't even think that um, Scott had a chance to implement his own style of his playbook at that point, either that late in the season. So now he probably has something completely different than what they were kind of running in Carolina. I mean, similar concepts, just different language. But if Cam had those issues in New England with the playbook, then who's to say he's not going to have these issues with Scott Turner's offense you know, here. And he will have to learn it in a much shorter time. He wouldn't get an off season to learn this thing or nothing. So, and then that's on top of the fact that he's, he's not the guy you once knew of at the quarterback position. So I just don't, I don't think he's an option unless you're just completely decimated at the position. Yeah. For me, I think Cam, the only way he comes here, um, I've actually, I actually said like, man, if anything, you need a backup quarterback. I wasn't saying sign him immediately. I was actually saying let Taylor roll this week, even potentially next week, and then you bring Cam in after that, uh, just depending on how it goes. But I agree too. It probably come down more to injury more than you know, uh, you know, poor play because they'll roll with Kyle Allen. I think if Ron had it his way last year, he would have rolled with Kyle Allen all year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. If Kyle Allen would have stayed healthy, so definitely. Oh, that's a good thing or a bad thing because the way <laughs> that offseason, yeah, the way that offseason looked, they had opportunities to go for quarterbacks too, and they said, you know what? I'm just going ahead and do Ryan Fitzpatrick and call yeah. it a day. Yeah, yeah, they called it. They called it quits. They said Ryan Fitzpatrick. What was it on the second day or third day of free agency? And it was a wrap. Yeah, yeah. Bring, bring your ass. <laughs> We're gonna fly you out. With you. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Cam only comes here due to you know I would agree with injury. I don't I don't poor play's tough. I mean I yeah like I said I think they're gonna roll with Kyle Allen in that case. But yeah, it's it's fun to bring him up. Uh, I know you know some people got triggered or whatever, but uh, you know it's always fun. But I'm going to go – we're going to close here on this final topic. Um, shout out to Washington Twitter. You know, y'all voted over – now it's over 240 times um, in this recent poll that I posted. And I asked, you know, if Heineke can stay healthy, how many games does Washington win over these next eight weeks? And nearly 56% of the voters said four or more games, um, you know, considering they're facing the gauntlet, you know, a true David and Goliath modern story here. How do you all feel about these poll results? And, you know, where do you stand on this, uh, on this question? Uh, Jerry, go ahead. Well, and what was the poll results um, again? Uh, so nearly 56% said that, that Washington is going to win four or more games during this eight-week stretch with Heineke at quarterback if he stays healthy. Um, I mean, it's such a tough <laughs> schedule, man. Like, I, I, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked which way it goes. Like, I uh-huh. haven't really sat down and looked at each game and say, you know, they could do this, this, that, or the third. But yeah. for one, it it depends on a lot of things, not just Heineke. It depends on the defense. Like, we have to get that defense going as we know, as we expected it to be, you know. So, one game is too early to tell, you know, if that's the defense we're going to get for the rest of the season. So, 
But I guess if I had, if you put a gun to my head, I would say four games is reasonable, but I wouldn't be upset, you know, with Heineke starting and they don't win four games over this eight game stretch. So yeah, I would say four games is reasonable. And I probably would have voted for that too. Okay. So I, I did uh, participate in the poll. Um, and I, so I will be comfortable with three wins. Um, like I went no, no less than three wins, but I voted for four plus. Um, and, and here's the context behind my vote. Um, I, I think if you don't compete and have those opportunities to win four plus, it, we, we, we talked about it twice already and it's about to be the third time. It's a reflection on much larger issues with this team. Um, again, I'm, I'm voting four plus because this defense is supposed to keep you in games. This is what they, they harped on. They, they, they said that they're building up this defense to be a certain type of monster. Um, and, and that's, that's me exaggerating the point, but they're supposed to be really good. They're supposed to be the backbone of this team. Um, and, uh, if they're not able to keep you in games, uh, whether or not this offense is struggling or not week in and week out, uh, they're supposed to keep you in games and, and the offense is just supposed to, uh, or it's supposed to be a little bit more explosive. That was Scott Turner's goal as well. Um, but at the same time, if you're not talking about four plus wins in an eight game stretch, at least going 500 or at worst, just under slightly under 500, it's a problem. So I'm gonna take them for their word, and I'm a, I'm 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 having some little a little faith in the team and, and understanding that week one is just week one, and, and I'm gonna go ahead and, and give them that four plus. But this is all off the strength of what they're saying and what they're trying to prove with their team. Uh, but if they prove me wrong, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of we're back to where we was <laughs> in years past. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this. I'm gonna let the people know who they play during the stretch. Uh, I'm gonna answer it and then I'm gonna kick it back to y'all because I gotta ask y'all one more thing. So they play the Giants on Thursday, which is when y'all listen to this, it'll be tonight. Uh, the Bills, the Falcons, the Saints, the Chiefs, the Packers, the Broncos, and the Buccaneers. So I think. Three wins is very reasonable, and I think I would be shocked if they don't win three of those games. I'd be shocked, right? Now, four is tough because I think the swing game and all of this is probably going to either be the Saints, which they know they looked phenomenal last week, or probably the Packers. Those are going to be your two best chances to win. I don't know if you're beating Tampa Bay and Kansas City. I'm sorry. You just got to kind of chalk it up at that point. Uh, I think three wins is reasonable. I think that's what they they will get. But I could see four wins. I can't see more than four. That if they, if um, they can win, or go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Well, the Buffalo game. I think that might can be added to that. I mean, not even just off of okay. their performance um, this past Sunday, but uh-huh. that's a team. That's that's a Ron uh, Rivera disciple um, team yeah. right there. So he yeah. he knows a lot of those coaches and what they could do. Yeah, so I wouldn't be shocked to dangerous. see them be. Yeah, yeah, they are dangerous. But like I said, but I wouldn't be shocked if we were to pull out a W against that Buffalo in that game. And only simply because Ron has a lot of familiarity with that staff. That's a great point. That is a great point. And I did neglect uh, neglect that a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I could see that. Uh, but the only thing with me is I just don't know. Those are really, I mean, those are Super Bowl contending teams <laughs> that they're facing during this stretch. You know what I mean? So three wins yeah. is tough. Four wins is tough. Um, but I want to ask uh, right before we go here, let's say they go four, four and four and Fitz is healthy after that week, the, the, that Buccaneers game. Would you stick with Heineke if they go four and four through that stretch or would you roll with Fitz, uh, a healthy Fitzpatrick if he's good to I'll go stick, ready? I stick with Heineke um, if you go four and four in that stretch. I mean, not even a question for me because the the reason why there, it was no purported 
real competition as Ron liked to portray to be in the offseason was because you didn't know what Heineken could do and you didn't know if you could trust him. And you felt like you had a little bit more trust in the vet Fitzpatrick. But if Heineken goes four and four in a tough stretch like we have, to me, he just proved that you can trust this guy to win you some games, you know, and he's putting you right in the, in, in the race that you want to or the race that you expected to be in before the season. So at that point, it would be no point in going back to Fitzpatrick. You would you stay with Heineke because now you can trust him. Hey, Damien, I think the question. While you asked a good question, I think that the question is what the <laughs> hell is Ron going to do? Because <laughs> Ron, Ron has this mindset. <laughs> And we've seen it already. Like he has his mindset where it don't matter what you did before. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna give up Fitzpatrick's job because of injury. He ain't gonna do that. He's gonna put him back in. Um, and I don't I don't I don't think that's the the proper thing to do. Uh, especially if there's there's a, a momentum behind uh Heineke and how he's been performing throughout those games. Um, so if he's been managing but also been playing well enough where he shouldn't be benched or shouldn't go back to QB two, um. I think the the right thing to do is to keep Taylor in, especially that point in the season. But then, like, it comes down to how Ron Rivera feels and how he wants to uh, Fitzpatrick to be held. Because I mean, you're talking about ten million dollars for a quarterback, and you know, while it's not a lot of money, he is the biggest paid quarterback on the roster. So, now you do not sound very optimistic. You think that man once Fitz is healthy, it's his job again. <laughs> yeah, I think, and I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a hater of Fitz, and, and I don't, I, I like his game. Uh, and, and how he how he processes things on the field, but um, yeah, I, I just feel like I, I always believe like if somebody's playing good, why would you take them out? And and or somebody has a hot hand, why would you why would you shake things up like that? Just let mm-hmm. things let things play out how they may, um, unless you unless they think that Fitzpatrick is dr- drastically better than Fitz. I mean, uh, uh, Heineke. Then that's that's kind of the the outlier. Well, see, now the thing with me with the um with Fitz is. Even when, you know, he gets to his recovery date, how well does he move on that hip at his age at this point? Like Chris Cooley brought up a great point the other day I was listening to uh, with Kevin Sheehan's show. Mm. He said that when Heineke got hit, he said he didn't get hit hard. He just, oh, like, I mean, shit just starts breaking when you're old. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Mm. (laughs) like I could have probably took that same hit and I would have got back up like nothing. Like, damn, you know, I hurt a little bit, but I'm up. But Fitzpatrick got that hit, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, where's my wheelchair? You know? (laughs) So like, (laughs) you wonder when he come back, like how's his movement and how's, you know, how, how, how can he maneuver behind this offensive line? And hopefully by that point, the offensive line is in sync and they're playing much better. So even if you had to go back to Fitz, maybe you feel a little bit more comfortable, but as it stands right now, I wouldn't feel comfortable putting Fitz back behind that line. I mean, because he could, he's not a, he's not the scrambler that Taylor Heineke is. But again, like I said, Taylor Heineke's 4-4. Four four, I mean, in my opinion, I think it would be dumb to make a switch because then you're breaking something, you know. I mean, well, you're trying to fix something that isn't broken at the moment. So Exactly. And especially coming off a year in last year where you had so – it was just a carousel at the position. Now, you know, you're, yeah. you're 500. You're, and likely, I mean, you're – you're winning some really, I mean, you're winning one of those swing games that we mentioned, whether it's Buffalo, New Orleans, yeah. Green Bay, like I think it would be, yeah, I think it'd be very dumb uh, to pull Taylor at that point. I would roll with him as well. Uh, but if that's all y'all got, I think we're done. Or I think we're going to close it out here. So yes, sir. Hey, man. hey, hey I appreciate y'all. Good. Hey, I appreciate y'all for joining me. Uh, go ahead and let the listeners know where to find y'all. And uh, yeah, again, thank y'all for joining me on late notice, boys. Everyone, y'all didn't, let, y'all didn't know that. It was late notice and they came through for me. 
Hey, you're our boy, man. We're going to come through. But you can find um, <laughs> me on DC Sports Dre again on Twitter. And again, Damien, I appreciate you for having us on, man. Absolutely. I'm uh, Let Maul Tell It. Uh, Maul with, with a U-A-L. You know what I'm saying? No M-A-L. <laughs> Let Maul Tell It on Twitter. Uh, Damien, man, when you pop out here, we got to get you at uh, Stop Smacking, man. It's, I don't know how long you plan on being out there for the game, but at the same time, you know, Stop Smacking is a, is a pretty good spot on, on – um, what is it tuesdays tuesdays uh, sure you out, yeah get you out there on a tuesday okay. uh you can chop it up with lake lewis and stuff like that and we could uh we could we could show you around what the city what the city look like oh that's yeah. okay yeah no i'll be there i'll be out there in november november i think it's like the 11th through the 15th so i'm gonna be there for like four days so i'm ready okay. to oh, you said the, let's yeah. see hold on let's take a look right quick I'm, you said I'm ready to what day is the 11th is that a wednesday is that a wednesday it's either a wednesday or oh thursday. okay yeah okay. so yeah, yeah 11th yeah. is a thursday but the 15th is the monday yeah. um so yeah that's 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 that okay yeah i need i got a lot of stuff i want to try i want to try mumbo sauce i've never had that before <laughs> oh we gotta take you to the hood for mumbo sauce you can't go to twin dragons i heard you had to get it in like a styrofoam container you can't get it yeah, in like the plastic yeah, yeah so i'm, I'm getting it in chinatown don't don't worry man dc dc isn't dangerous man you just gotta stay out the way you'll be just yeah. fine you know what i'm saying don't listen right. to the don't listen to online you know what i'm saying it's not as yeah. dangerous as they tell you yeah i know uh-huh. i gotta hit that up i gotta hit all kinds of stuff up but yeah you already know everybody go ahead and follow the podcast at dame dropback uh and you know until next time i'll see y'all peace